is a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open. Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown Bulldogs. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Welcome back. To the most valuable sports podcast, your home for Ferris State from the fan, the student, the athlete, and the staff's perspective. Brain of Worth, Joe Nagy. Yeah. As always, bringing you the banger content. Another episode, baby. Yeah. Happy Wednesday, and we're hoping you're enjoying a lovely Thanksgiving break. It's We've made it. We're almost through the semester, we're, Joe. We're there. We're here. We're basically we're almost it. done. We are. It's almost, what, two weeks after this break, and then we're done with the semester? Pretty much. we got a semester left, Brain. That's insane. Oh, boy. Crazy. I'm starting to panic, Joe. I'm well, scared. you know, we're not panicking about this banger interview that we got. Yeah, you were right. Coach Greg Henson from the Fair State soccer team. Great interview with him. Uh, honestly, a really good time. Uh, and, you know, you know him as the guy who's yelling on the sideline, a little stoic guy, but they really get him opening up and kind of joking with us was a good time. So, Brandon, without further ado, let's swing it to the interview. Now joining us in studio, Coach Greg Henson of the women's soccer team. Coach Henson, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Coach, once again, thanks so much. Final four bound headed to Seattle at the start of next week. How's the team feeling? Yeah, I think the team's feeling pretty good. You know, pretty excited about the opportunity. You know, it's being a festival year. It's it's truly a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So, you know, we're just trying to take it all in, soak it all in, and and right now we got a little bit of a break, so we've been traveling for pretty much almost it feels like two straight weeks. I think the uh, the players have been out of class like something crazy, like nine out of the last twelve days, um, <laughs> you know, at school days. So everything I think was pretty excited Sunday night to to get back to our Monday night, I should say, to get back to be able to sleep in your own bed. But um, you know, overall the excitement. There's only four teams out of two hundred and fifty something that are that are still training right now. So um, you can't be more excited than that. Yeah, and it certainly was a, a tough road to get to this point. You had to take on a lot of good teams, including Ashland, a team we played earlier this year. Uh, they got the better of us in the first half. Cedarville, we had to play on their home field. Grand Valley, of course, no mention weather up there. Um, and then Bemidji on their home field. Just talk about the resiliency of your team, especially not only beating those tough teams, but battling the elements as well. Yeah, I think it just all comes down to mindset and and culture and things that we you know we talk about as a program. Um you know, going into it and, and seeing it play out on the field. And, and you know, I, I kind of told the girls, and this is, a, this is a direct quote, you know, it's like we talked about the, the Bemidji trip and kickoff on game day on Friday against Grand Valley was going to be a high of 11 degrees. And I said, before we start complaining, I just remember, this is an optional trip, mm-hmm. right? If you don't want to do it, nobody's forcing you to get on the plane. So so let's, uh, let's, let's do that. So we took five minutes to complain about the weather, and then it was back to business. And, and that's been the mindset of our team, you know, all the, all the way through the year, Stick to the process, grind it out, you know, let's go. Whatever the weather throws at us, whatever, you know, it is what it is. We get an opportunity. We earn the opportunity to play. I think last year, you know, I got quoted as saying you earn an opportunity to play in bad weather, and that's really what it is. And so, you know, whoever we face, we face. Um, you know, we definitely had a tough, tough road because of our seating in the in the region, um, because of our struggles early in the year, which are well documented, right? You know what I mean? Nobody nobody seems to want to let me forget we started one, three, and two this season, but you know, I don't think we were a six seed. You know, I don't think the teams that we played <laughs> felt like they were justified <laughs> in playing against a six seed. Um, but we knocked off three two one in the region. 
and then played the team that came out of the central region and, and we're the one left standing. So, um, you know, we're excited about the opportunity we have coming up. Yeah. Numbers don't matter in postseason. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, going back to Grand Valley, four times that you faced them in this season, you know, what was that like kind of going even third time in the GLIAC, or GLIAC tournament and then going into the national playoffs? Kind of what's that like for you as a coach to get these uh, players of yours ready to go against a team that you've seen a lot so far this season? Yeah. So it's seven times in the last two seasons, Jeez. right? Um, so the scout's pretty easy, uh, number <laughs> yeah. one, right? I mean, it was uh, me and my staff when we, when we drew Grand Valley. Like, well, we can relax a little bit. We already know, you know, we're more trying to anticipate what are they going to do differently, or what are they going to do to try to try to catch us off guard. And and for us, it's you know just keep the keep the formula rolling and and what works for us. And I think you know that that's been the part of it, you know, all season long. And the and the and the eleven game unbeaten streak and the, and the role we've been on is focusing internally uh, more than you really are opponents. If we do what we need to do, we're going to be successful no matter who we're playing against, whether it's Grand Valley, whether it's Cedarville, Bemidji, you know, whoever we have coming next. Um, but but in dealing with Grand Valley, it really started last season. And 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 the success that we've had with them, I mean, we're 1-1-5 and five against them. Technically, the PK shootout counts as a draw uh, in those last seven games, uh, which is crazy um, that we have that many draws with them. But it's probably the best record any individual team has against you know the two-time defending champions, um, you know. But it's a it's a situation where I think the biggest thing for us is that our players and our our program has gotten rid of the issue of dealing with the front of the jersey, mm-hmm. um, and we're not afraid of them. We're not afraid to go play them at their place. You know, we uh, they knocked us off in the semifinals three 0 and and I hate to be you know the coach. I hate to be. I never like to be the coach. That talks about well, the game was better than the scoreline, but it really was. We gave up an early, we made an early mistake, gave up a goal ninety seconds in the game, and against a team like that, it's tough to, to chase the game. Um, and so you know, the second goal is off a uh, off a scramble, off a set piece. You know, but then. You know, we, we we played really well against them, so we didn't really go into it feeling like, oh my gosh, we just got beat three nothing by this team. It was more like, are you kidding me? We let that happen. Let's go get them this time. And uh, and I think you've seen in the rest of the results of those games, if a team doesn't get an early goal in that game, it's going to be a dogfight, right? You know, and so both teams are really trying to get out and get out early um, in it. So we got the best of them, beat them in the shootout, and uh, and it was nice to send the Irish rivals home on a plane a little earlier than they expected. So. Yeah, absolutely, but. Uh, coach, especially with uh, the slow start, it was looking like there was some uh, some bleakness overall with the team offensively, a little bit of struggles. What did you do to assess that situation at that moment and being able to really kind of turn that around as the season progressed? Yeah, it's really – I mean, I wish I could, you know, give you some magic formula that we had, but honestly it was just not hitting the panic button, making sure the players didn't hit the panic button. And sticking to the process, we didn't change anything. We moved a few players around and tweaked a few things here and there that we had to do. I mean, we had to move Nikki May up front um, in order to try to help us establish a little bit more more offense. Um, and we had to let some young players grow into their roles. I mean, we've we started two true freshmen at center back for twenty. I don't even know how many games we played now. Twenty four games, twenty three games, which is which is really remarkable. And they've grown and matured. And I and I said this in the post game after one of the games last weekend. If you don't have a roster and you don't follow our team, you don't think those two kids are, sen- are freshmen, right? I mean, just the way they play now. You know, they, they, they've grown into the into the job. Um, and so we had to let some younger players grow into it. And I, I've described our team as young. I think sometimes that's a little bit, <clears throat> you know, uh, the wrong terminology. But we were really, really inexperienced. You know, we graduated seven starters uh, from a year ago. 
um, and and players that had been in leadership roles for four or five years. You know, we had we had captains for three seasons in a row with the fifth years from last year. So we were a new group. We did a lot of you know a lot of things that just took a little bit longer than we wanted for us to get into it. And we have a schedule that's designed to get us into the national tournament as an at large bid. So there was no easy games. You know what I mean? Every team that um, the first two losses that we had on the season, both teams were in the national tournament, and we ended up facing one of them for the second time. So, so it, it it was really just sticking to the process, believing in the process, um, and and we knew we would get there. Um, and and luckily, uh, you know, or fortunately, I should say, we did. For sure. Yeah, and having so much success uh, with Fair State soccer so far, you've had so much before you came to Fair State. Can you kind of talk about what your journey was like kind of going from high school coaches to then going to the next level of college and just what your journey was like before you became a Bulldog? Yeah, so I mean, I started off coaching in you know, club soccer um, back in St. Louis, where I'm originally from, and and uh, kind of accidentally fell into coaching, to be honest with you. When I was originally in college and undergrad, I wanted to be a high school teacher and, and coach at the high school level, and, and along the way – life changes right and so i ended up with a business degree and and i graduated finally after my playing career ended and and uh got a job in what i call corporate america and, and did that for like 10 years and and then uh early on probably i think it was 2001 a buddy of mine a uh, good friend of mine who's actually our volunteer assistant now came to me he's like hey we need help with this camp come out and help us coach and i go dude i don't want to coach you know? <laughs> and he's like come on we just need help you know what i mean and I, and and i'm pretty sure i got paid in like a case of beer or something for the first camp i ever, <laughs> I ever coached and and um so it was good you know and uh and then they kind of talked me into coming back and working with some teams and and 20 years later you know whatever it is you know here here i'm sitting here now and, and along that way um you know, I realized I hated the nine to five and I loved the hobby. And so then I kind of took a, a big leap to uh, take a high school job as an uncertified teacher's assistant, you know, to be able to coach and, and left, you know, a corporate sales job. So you can imagine the, the pay scale difference that happened at that moment. Um, that led to my first college job at the St. Louis Community College at Forest Park and I had some great mentors there, some legendary uh, people in the, in the soccer community of St. Louis that helped guide me. And um, took an assistant job at a Division II level and then um, got my first head coaching job on the women's side at Concordia, Nebraska, and, and all on the way and had high school jobs in there as well. And, you know, kind of had a, a situation where I took over bad teams and made them better. And, and that's that's an easy thing to do, right? I mean, it, it, it's, it's kind of a great, great, great plan for yourself because you take over a team that doesn't win, you just got to win one game and you're better, right? So, <laughs> um, but uh but no, had some had some good success, you know, uh, along the way. Had some great players, great staffs that that helped along the way, and and then and then taking this opportunity when when I first talked to Perk, you know, I was at a point in my career where I was kind of done with building or rebuilding programs, you know, to where it's a it's a lot of work, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, and so I wanted to take a program that was already good and already kind of established, and then take it to another level. Um, was where was what I was looking for, and so Ferris. The year before I got here, went to the Sweet 16. So my first year, we're the we're we're the team on the bubble that's out, not making the national tournament. So it's almost a, a disappointing season and and, and kind of head scratcher. And so then to come back in the spring and win the conference regular season for the first time, the following fall win the tournament, you know, get bounced in penalties. So we know how that feels for Ashland because it happened to us a year ago in the first round, and then um, obviously the success that we've had this year. You know, uh, so it's been uh, it's been a great great run for me and um, and all the players involved and all the stops and and it's great to social media. You know, former players from different different levels still following along with the success and 
and uh, and invested in what we're doing. So it's great. Yeah, and you certainly have a great staff as well, having uh, Coach Peacock as your assistant, Coach Rourke as well, um, as Coach Hunt, which I actually know um, personally, who's a, a great coach, especially with culture and mentality. Uh, just talk about being able to have all of those resources and really being able to build everything around the program because I think what uh, some coaches not necessarily as looking far as you are. Yeah, I mean, one of the things at Ferris here is we – I would love to have a bigger staff on the field. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of limited sometimes in our resources in terms of the on the field coaching to where, you know, a lot of that falls on my shoulders, which, which I'm okay with. I don't always necessarily delegate well, so that's not, a, that's not necessarily an issue, but, um, outside of that though, we have tremendous resources. We've got, you know, Danny Hunt that you mentioned that comes in and just gives the players. And I think it's really important to me and for our players within the program, we have to have different voices. The players can't always hear my voice. I can't be the motivational culture leader. I can't then go in the weight room and tell them how to squat. And I can't go on the practice field and start, you know, barking at them there. Um, and then, and then turn around and be their academic, you know, mentor. So we got to have some different people in there and letting me kind of guide it from the from the from the from the top down. So Danny Hunt's around. We have uh, Professor Kate O'Connor, who's actually a professor in the architecture program. Former collegiate soccer player herself and, and coach and and she she's kind of our uh, unofficial you know academic uh, um, a mentor for the players and meets with several of them that are that are struggling one on one and and things of that nature um, you know Andrew obviously in the in the weight room you know Coach T going going hard in the weight room with the girls and and doing a great job and being invested with them there. Um, you know, uh, Christy, the dietitian, you know, helping out from that aspect of it. Um, Pastor Mike doing what Pastor Mike does, um, you know, when needed. And we've had some players that have really benefited from him being around the program. And so there's a big network and a support network. And we talked about this early in the season when we had some things going on off the field that we had to deal with and, and really just kind of showcase to them and brought all these people in. Your support network's a lot larger and your safety net is a lot larger than you give it credit for here at Ferris. And I think the players are really, you know, kind of overwhelmed in a good way of like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I had all these resources. And so sometimes it's tough to get them to actually utilize the resources, <laughs> but there's a ton of resources here and and uh, and, and it's great. But you got to, at Ferris, sometimes the challenge is you got to go find those resources and, 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 and get the people involved and when you're successful, it's a little bit easier because everybody likes to be a part of a winner, right? So it helps there. For sure, and especially for coaches' side. I mean, we've seen you in the press box for uh, football. I mean, we've seen you for hockey and stuff like that. You know, what's that like for, you know, with experiencing kind of coaches and stuff like that? Do you have, you know, times where you're talking with each other, kind of support groups and stuff like that, or what's that like for on a personal level? Yeah, I mean, I love to be able to sit down and just talk shop with other coaches. Um, you know, I think it's important. Obviously, at Ferris, there's not a – not a men's soccer team, and that's a good and a bad thing, right? You know what I mean? We don't have to share facilities, you know what I mean? But we don't also get to share budget savings either with travel and stuff like that. And, and, and uh, you know, Coach Fam over with the hockey team is a, is a big soccer dad, so he's kind of <laughs> my, my go-to, uh, you know, soccer soccer chats. But, but no, whether it's Coach Broncoma, you know, uh, Tony, um, you know, Bob Daniels in hockey and those guys and – uh, just like to sit around and just talk shop about coaching. Coaching's coaching. You know what I mean? I feel like with the X's and O's get in the way a little bit, but I, mean, I think if we could probably take any of those uh, coaches I mentioned, Tia in there, you know, you take any of them and throw them into the other sport that they know nothing about, they're going to figure it out pretty quickly and the teams aren't going to be that bad, right? You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, you know, 
it, it's great to have those that that network of support um, that we can sit around and just bounce ideas off, bounce challenges off of. How would you handle this situation? What would you do? Um, you know, uh, with this with this type of uh, an environment or whatever the case may be, and and uh, some of it you use, some of it you modify, and some of it you, you throw away and go, ah, oh, that's that's the exact other way I was gonna go. So, but it's great to have that, and and being around the around the sports on campus, you know, I I love to be able to get out and, and just watch other other teams play. Um, don't always get to do it as much as I want, or or maybe only watch a little bit. But you know, I feel like you know I always challenge myself every year to get out to try to get out to at least one of every sports uh, events. Um, you know, nothing else is free entertainment. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, Coach Henson, we appreciate the time. One final question for you: We ask every coach, athlete, uh, and staff member on the show, what's been your favorite thing about being here at Ferris State and being a Bulldog? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, you know, I came from a very small, you know, university. Uh, the last stop I was at six years at Concordia University, of Nebraska. You know, twelve hundred students, seventy-five percent of them were athletes. So you talk about a family environment, and that's really what it was. So coming here with, I don't even know what it is, ten, twelve thousand students, and and a much smaller, you know, athletic population. You know, it was kind of, it took a little bit to find that niche within Ferris. That, but it's still here, right? And, and it's the people, um, you know, not just the 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 athletes and the coaches and within athletics, but it's but it's all the way around. Um, it, it's the Ferris environment that that's here. Um, the outpouring of support that we've had over the last few weeks is, is crazy, and 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 really appreciate that. So that's, you know, I think it's you hear that at most schools that people that are happy with where they are, you're right? You know what I mean? It's the culture, the environment, the, the people, but that that's definitely here at Ferris. That's awesome. Coach, thanks so much for coming on. We wish you the best of luck in Seattle, safe travels, and uh, hopefully you guys can win the chip. All right, thank you. Big thanks to Coach Henson for hopping on the program. Pleasure to talk to him. And, I mean, it's not an everyday opportunity, Joe, where you get to talk to a Final Four coach in any sport. Yeah, that was big time. Love to see it. Big thanks for him to coming on. So we're going to hop into the Fair State Sports Report, and we'll start off with soccer. Why not? Bemidji State, the last game that they've played before Final Four and before the trip, big-time game, 2-0 sweep, big time. Love to see it. Uh, a little bit slow in the first half, uh, but second half picked it up with a goal f- with goals from uh, Nicky May, and then was it Zamborini scored two? It was actually Peyton Price and Nicky May that scored the two goals for Fair State. Dang. I saw one of them. One of them was like a – or Nicky Mays was like a banger from like way out. Nicky May probably scored that from approximately – 87.4 yards away. No, well, it wasn't actually I was far. watching it, and she let it fly, and I was like, oh, that's a good pass. And then the keeper was like kind of out, and I was like, oh, yep. shoot, that's going in. And then just right over her fingertips. It was crazy. It was an absolutely unbelievable goal. And, I mean, Coach Henson mentioned it uh, here in our interview about moving Nikki May, a veteran player, a really experienced player, uh, really embodies the, what it means to be a bulldog, is a fantastic player, and, and really moving her from – um, that wing defensive position back up to that winger offensive position, I think really turned this team. I wouldn't say that solely turned this team around, but the offensive opportunity certainly started to uh, come in fruition now that you're seeing all these opportunities, and she's a big reason of it. And, I mean, we have some of the best offensive players in their whole region, and they're on display. You're darn and right about that one. So, I mean, you have Zambrini, you have Peyton Price, you have – Katie Nestico was huge for us in the regular Katie season. Katie Nestico lets it fly. Yeah. Man, that's what I like to see. Yeah, we're starting. She'll be a, not even in the box, and she'll just be like, let me just shoot this real quick. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you can bring in a lot of uh, younger players that are still uh, getting that with Avery Comartin and Grace Pratt as well, who got minutes in this game and a couple shots for them as well. 
uh, in the contest. But yeah, it was a fantastic, uh, special. I mean, especially the second half. I thought we played phenomenal coming out of out of halftime in the first ten minutes, basically, and netting two uh, to really push the momentum on the Beavers, and they weren't ready for it uh, on their home field. And I think that just took that just made a huge statement for how confident this team is right now being able to put their foot on the gas and I mean Daria was fantastic in this game as well 20th shutout already as a bulldog and she still Broke got two record. years ladies and gentlemen Broke the record yeah I mean that's just insane by itself I believe they gave her four in this game there was a couple um, that were some pretty spectacular saves and throughout the entirety of the postseason so far she has been fantastic um, but yeah I mean overall from this game and even especially the game before that um, against our the lovely Lakers that we sent home early. Um, I mean that was a that was a really hard fought, gritty game overall. Uh, and I mean being able to win that in penalties was huge. I mean who else but a freshman to send the Lakers home and sink the ship? Uh, and Ella Wolf, who's been fantastic. Uh, I mean her and Bella Valoni. Um, the two mentioned freshmen from Coach Henson on that center back line. They've played fantastic this year. And I think he's absolutely right that if you don't follow this team, you don't look at roster cards. You don't look at a lot of these players' bios. Mm-hmm. You don't know they're freshmen. They look as experienced as a lot of these uh, these upperclassmen. So, I mean, it was really good to see the performance. I mean, especially hard-fought battles against Grand Valley all year. They got the better of us in the semifinals. Um, but maybe the, the cold was the killer for them. Uh, and that's uh, where our team has thrived. We've showed it last year, and we show it this year. You play for the right to play in bad weather. Yeah, that's a big-time thing. Uh, and especially with Daria breaking that record is really cool. Uh, and they got a tough, tough task coming up with this Final Four trip. Going to be taking on number one, Westchester, who has a record of 22-0-1. They're the outright number one seed for this tournament in the Final Four. This one's going to be tough, but hey, we've been playing Cinderella and upset all year long. Uh, starting off a 1-3-2 and two, uh, record. It's no surprise, really. I mean, we're going to be able to come in. We're going to be able to really play well. Uh, I think it's just really stepping up on the defensive side and kind of working on what we've been really doing well is just kind of in transitions, especially from defense and kind of taking the ball over and then really moving it well in the midfield and then getting some offensive chances is going to be a big thing. But the other teams in the Final Four are Columbus State, who has a record of 22-1 coming in at number two. And then number three is Western Washington at 17-2-4. and This one's going to be a big one. Cannot wait for this game. Yeah, it's going to be pretty insane. It is going to be insane. I mean, Westchester. Insane when we get the upset again. Yeah, that would be pretty insane. Westchester's a really good program, man. They have played very well this year. Uh, 23 games, they've played only seven goals allowed. That is the best in the entire country at that mark. Point three oh one is their goals allowed average, um, which their defense is legit and I think we're honestly I think we're ready for that and I and I'm not trying to say it like just a, a biased homer like yeah we're gonna go win the whole thing obviously that's what we're hoping for but we've taken on some of the better teams in the country defensively as well Grand Valley's on this list I believe they're hovering around 25 uh, we've played them earlier this year uh, four times so we know how it feels to play those teams we played the number eighth best defense uh, statistically earlier this season in the opener against Maryville. So we're ready for a lot of these good mm-hmm. defensive teams. We beat Ashland, who's a very fun, really good, uh, really fond defensive team. And I think we're ready to take this challenge because it seems like the energy the other team is providing, we're taking amplifying for ourselves because especially in parts of the game, I mean, especially the Grand Valley State game, offensively we were having a little bit of struggles. And then like Daria and the defense started really locking up 
and then it started creating opportunities the other way. They were feeding off the energy. I mean, you're, when your, goal, your goalkeeper makes 11 saves, that's going to spark a lot of energy on your team of, yeah, we can do this, man. Even though like she's having a hard time seeing all these shots, they, the defense still stepped up better um, throughout the majority of that game. Uh, obviously, there were situations that they would have probably had to have like back and not given Daria a scare with a shot directly on net. Um, but, I mean, especially with this team's resiliency, playing in the cold, playing against these really top-tier programs, and just being able to out-grit them, I mean, that's the blue-collar mentality being a Bulldog mm-hmm. is all about, man. Yeah, for sure. And if we go deep into these games where it might come down to a shootout, stop playing. I take us every day in a shootout. I well, we've gotten, what, three? Or was it two or three? Well, two in the postseason. Two in the postseason, so. post and then... I don't I mean, think we, we played had a tie. We played a tie like what five, six times this season. Yeah, something like that. But some crazy like that. Yeah. So I mean, it's gonna be fun. It's definitely gonna be a fun yeah. matchup to see how we uh, stack up against them. But uh, I mean, when it comes to uh, scoring offense, I mean, seven times we've tied this season. Seven times. Mm-hmm. Dang, that's a lot. Um, but I think with how our team is kind of structured, we thrive in the games that aren't like track meets for example we thrive in the low scoring games and we're used to that i mean we've had one of the uh, i mean just going off of daria's stat we've already she's already had 20 clean sheets so far in her career 20 of them already where we've held opponents to zero and i know at least um we've had at least i believe five or six that we've shut out opponents uh this year and rest the we've never seen a game that's been above four goals and if the only one that was was forced upon by us and that was against parkside so uh, we live for the gritty game, so we're ready for this matchup. 8 o'clock on December 1st. That's next Thursday in Seattle. Uh, shout out to Brody and Chandler who will be on their way um, to support the women's soccer team. You'll find all of the information, all the pregame deal. interviews, all the social media handles will be handled by those two. So we wish them the best up in the PNW. And it's going to be a fun weekend to see how this team goes. Keep it riding because this team, what a turnaround Bet it has been. on us. Bet on us. Straight up. We may not have started strong, but we sure as heck are finishing strong than anybody else. Man, stop playing. Stop playing. Come on. We're rooting for you guys. Good luck in Seattle. Anyway, moving on over now. Volleyball was in action just recently in the regional tournament and just reached the same point as last year. Could not quite get over the hump. Tough loss. That's our kryptonite. Yeah. Missouri-St. Louis got us in five in the final tough match I mean especially for we were teed up won the first two sets it was looking really good and then the Tritons came out with a hammer sets three and four uh, and then eventually took the penultimate 15-11 to get the 3-2 win I mean it just seemed like their defense showed up Missouri St. Louis as I should say in those later sets and then it sparked their offense big time uh-huh. I mean they went to a 20 kill third set I have not seen a 20 set kill from an opponent against us in quite some time that didn't result in extra points so that just shows you how lethal they were 0.419 statistically uh hit percentage in that third set 0.371 for them in the in the fourth set uh and it was definitely from what I saw it was a really back and forth game with a lot of runs um either side but I mean, I think you can definitely look at where this team has been, uh, and you definitely see a lot of positives throughout the entirety of the season. Um, Definitely a great season. Um, Unfortunately, not the way that you probably wanted to have end up. 
Um, but I mean, just overall, how this team took the they took the clear the you look back at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Pre ranked number fourth. Mm-hmm. Sleeping on us completely, which mm-hmm. is fine. Whatever. They messed up and they knew it. It's whatever. Getting that regular season title, GLIAC tournament title, and nearly taking the whole regional after saying that you weren't going to make it out of your own conference, I think that shows enough of what this team is made of. And I think with a lot of that young talent, it's going to make them even hungry coming for the next year. For sure. And I can't wait to see uh, what we're able to do. But like I said, I think the Elite Eight is just our kryptonite. That's just kind of like the over the hump that we can't uh, get across, which is tough. But also, we just can't go up 2-0 in games. Because every time that we've gone up 2-0 uh, in sets, there have been ones where it's just been pretty scary. I mean, look at Grand Valley, 3-2, almost lost that one. It was a gritty, gritty fifth set to take the win. And Missouri-St. Louis, we go up 2-0, and that's kind of tough to see. But I think, especially going into next year, it's going to be a interesting one. I mean, this year, really... We weren't supposed to have this type of success. I mean, we're a young team. It was really interesting to see kind of how we battled back, especially from the start of the season. I mean, we went, what, 0-6 oh through the first, like, two weeks of games, right? Something like that, yeah. And then we were able to pick up wins against Colorado, Colorado Mines, and then that just sparked a win streak where we only lost, I think, three in the past every single game since whatever. But I think this one's going to be a interesting one, especially as we have a lot of returners, a lot of players who are, you know, really going to come to fruition. I think next year, especially with development, it's going to be insane to see. Yeah. Tough that I won't be here. You might, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see next year. We'll see <laughs> We'll see about that later on. Your boy's got a lot of things to figure out. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, just overall from um, the whole volleyball tournament, I think – you saw this was the year of being not a top seed, and I think that definitely has has shown itself. I mean, throughout conference tournaments especially, I mean, both uh, one seeds going down in the other Midwest regional tournaments early, um, including Quincy going out twice. I mean, that's that's tough for them, and Ashland as well, um, losing openers in back-to-back tournaments. But, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes from the rest of the year. Some familiar teams that are still alive uh, Gannon, a team we played earlier this year, they've been redrawn as a five seed. Um, California State, Los Angeles, which I believe we might have played earlier uh, this season in a tournament, if I'm not mistaken. I'll double check. Yes, check California C. State, Los Angeles, which we almost beat them. We took them to five. Uh, they're still alive. They'll be playing uh, against Gannon. That one will be interesting, um, as well as Missouri-St. Louis has been redrawn as the seven seed uh, going into this tournament. Concordia St. Paul, the number one overall seed. Um, for the upcoming Elite Eight. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. It looks like the defending champs have been knocked out. Uh, Tampa losing in three sets to Barry, who will be taking on the Tritons. Um, so we'll have a new champion. That's always cool. Um, and we'll see how we'll see how the Tritons do after knocking us out. Uh, they certainly uh, deserve credit for how well they played, coming as the five seed, being able to uh, beat Rockhurst and beat the number one seed and host Quincy. I mean, that's that's a tough deal. And then beating us, who's a quality, really quality program, um, not being biased, of course, um, but be interesting to see how that goes. But I mean, this team had a really good season just as an overall recap. I mean, you looked at where the team started, took on a lot of tough teams right out of the gate. Many people already wrote them off because they had lost six in a row. But obviously, some of them didn't look enough into who they were playing because we played, I believe, out of this whole set. Um, I believe we played seven straight ranked teams at one point in the season. They were at least ranked in their region. Uh, and by the way, I think when we finished up this whole season, uh, I think we were sitting around. I remember doing the math. 
for one of the broadcasts about how many ranked regional games that they had played. And I believe overall, I think we were eight and six against top five, or excuse me, top eight regional teams throughout the entirety of the season. I mean, that Shoot, just shows man. you. And that's for supposed to be a down year. Yeah, we're good. And we showed it this entire season. This like team that. going into next year, potentials through the roof. Yeah, for sure. Very excited to see what this team is able to do, and it's going to be really cool to follow them, especially as next season starts up in, uh, well, I guess, next year. So I was going to say a couple months, but there's more than a couple months yeah, on, on the slate. It's going to be a little while, unfortunately. Training camp and offseason starts up soon. But. Yeah, you know, it'll probably start up at the beginning of the year. So good job. We shout out. Love to see Coach it. Refer. Go team, man. Yeah, volleyball had a great Dang season. You guys killed it, and we look forward to seeing uh, all the success come about when we see you at a reunion um, as well as future games because they come to support all the games regardless of what teams wear yeah. and whatnot. So, Faux show. So going to be interesting to see how this team does next year, but a great season nonetheless in 2022. Anyway, team still alive, Ferris State football going against Davenport. The gridiron. Downed them again, 41-7, made it actually worse this time. On uh, the first round. A little bit better. Yeah. The snow was insane. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, just crazy. Dude, it was, um, there was like whiteout conditions before this game was going on. Yeah. it was. I, mean, I was making was, breakfast, or my roommate was making breakfast burritos in the parking lot because we were tailgating a little bit. And that was funny because Tony Nese walked by and he's like, you guys are crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> like he just walked past because he went from the IRC to the field. And you're just like, I don't, you guys are insane. Like I don't know why you guys are out here. Right why now. are you out here? But there was honestly probably 50 people. People at that but game. we're devoted dogs, and you guys should. I believe they 50 gave fifty people, and like twenty-seven of them were probably in the press box. <laughs> probably, I heard on the attendance there was a thousand people that have made that made their way I in the top we, tagger. I think we probably fabricated that. One. Well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm just showing what the numbers yeah, say. But yeah, I mean, numbers don't lie. But. Yeah, numbers don't lie, and numbers do not lie in the fact of our rushing attack was fantastic. Two hundred thirty-two yards rushing. Um, but what surprised me was. We were really efficient passing. I mean, yeah, surprisingly, it was really windy. Yeah, twelve of twenty-three, which twelve of twenty-three in normal uh, conditions pretty is pretty. It's solid. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, but in the the hurricane snow that you saw, the wind was just nasty, and they were able to to keep it going. I mean, mm-hmm. seven yards per play in the passing game, uh, no interceptions. We picked them off three times, and we didn't turn the ball over, Joe. That was huge. We did not that turn was the sick. ball over, and I think that was the biggest thing. Coach Anise said it in the post game. That was his. That was probably the best stat of the night. We did did not turn the ball over that entire afternoon. Mm-hmm. Was they kicked care of the ball and they played their game, and you see what happens. That's what this team, what they do every single week, we can put them in that championship caliber consideration all the time. It's literally they're so talented. They're so well coached. And, I mean, shout-out to Davenport as well um, for a really valiant effort overall in this season. What a turnaround they've had. Um, I believe only having three wins a year ago to a playoff team, their first playoff trip in program history um, as well. Is all, and really, I mean, just making the fact of how their season went, I mean, they were the they were the shock of the GLIAC, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that Grand Valley overtook us or we finished second or, or whatever. I think it was that Davenport was third. That was the most important part of the season. They go, gave Coach... Uh, Sparky McEwen, the the Coach of the Year award, which he well deserves for turning that program around. Um, but yeah, certainly good performance from us, and I think really showing that defense can score. I think we're seeing that more than ever now over the last couple of weeks, and that's going to make this team really deadly going in uh, the rest of the way against the Pittsburgh State team. 
um, who's really fundamentally solid both ways. So being able to counter that both ways is going to be absolutely important in this game. Yeah, and Pittsburgh State, uh, honestly, coolest mascot. They're the Gorillas. That's pretty sick. I don't I, like I their logo as much. <laughs> yeah, well, also their pit script is the same as Pittsburgh University, like University of Pittsburgh. Right. If you've noticed that. But yes. I yeah, their logo is a little weird. It looks like Harambe is just looking right at me. <laughs> I'm on their like website, and it's kind of yeah unsettling a little bit. I don't but like regardless. I I okay. I'll just say this before you go back to your point. They just need to make it like it the look- gorilla. But why is the square there? The yeah, square is the messing square? me up so they bad. They should just make it a gorilla head. They can keep like, right. the two colors. Interesting, though, both red and yellow teams facing off, so that's going to be kind of cool. That is cool. They have some pretty sick jerseys, not going to lie. Pretty clean. Anyways, as yeah, I was saying, Pittsburgh State is a very good team. Uh, they were kind. They are 12-0 and right now, undefeated, and they beat their – who they played? Indy? They beat them like twenty eight to three or something. Oh, they like crushed that. Indy. They they crushed Indy. I want to so. say it was like yeah, thirty to. I think they might have only got one 30, score. Thirty five zero. Thirty five zero. Indianapolis, not the greatest team. We'll say that. Uh, but they are a playoff team nonetheless. But they were kind of one of the lower ones that made the playoffs. Regardless, it's going to be a tough one. Pittsburgh State holds opponents to thirteen on average, thirteen points a game. Yep. Only one hundred sixty six that they've allowed so far this season, and they're a very good team, especially in rushing uh, two thousand yard uh, two thousand yards so far this season and passing. They're even better with it. So it's going to be a clash. Very excited to see what goes on. I think our defense is going to have a great test uh, against these uh, against the gorillas here uh, but hey I'm counting on the bulldogs to win this battle uh, because you know why because we're those dogs that's why we got that Malik dogs. Mitchell had four touchdowns against Woo! Davenport you got Carson Golka right behind him who can run it up the gut you got Marcus Taylor who can literally give him an inch of space and he'll create yardage out of it I th- i'm gonna bet on us especially against this team they're traveling here uh to big rapids uh, it's gonna be interesting though because kansas i'm pretty sure they get snow all the time right uh, i wouldn't say as I, much it's as a little bit do. it's a little bit so- south but usually those landlocked states get kind of more like it's kind of all or nothing yeah they'll, they'll definitely get snow but they don't get michigan snow no that's for a sure. fact yeah but, that's for sure but yeah i mean pittsburgh state comes in uh, number six ranked scoring defense uh only allowing 13.8 points per game that looks daunting, but hey, we're number seven, 13.91. So that's a really even slate when you look at it statistically. Uh, but they're definitely going to be an interesting team um, to look out for as far as turnovers um, because we commit a lot of turnovers at some points of the season. We've done a lot better job of it as of recently, which makes me very, very uh, pleased overall. Um, so be interesting to see how that battle goes. Um, as far as who's going to keep the ball the longest, because I think that could win us the game. Um, and I think when it comes to the overall uh, outlook of this game, I mean, you mentioned it, Joe, that they're definitely their offense is very one, and I wouldn't say completely one-dimensional, but you're definitely going to be focused there um, on the run. So I think you're going to be interested to see how that goes um, as far as how they're going to scheme the running attack. I think you're going to see a similar game against each other. I think it's really going to be interesting to see who's going to try to go out of their identity just a little bit to try to to win this game the earliest because it's going to be really a chess match, right? Mm -hmm. Both teams are good rushing, um, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see what team is going to start throwing the ball around, um, and I think that's going to be something to watch throughout this game. But, I mean, overall, two really similar teams, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this game goes about. Yeah, I'm really excited to see – 
Pittsburgh State has some quality wins so far this season as well. Uh, early on in the season, beating number 11, ranked number 11 at the time, Nebraska Kearney, 35-28. Also uh, upending number 9, Northwest Missouri State in the nail-biter, 24-22. And also, obviously, just rolling Indianapolis uh, just a week ago. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially with how the bracket is kind of going uh, going uh, that way right now. Northwest Missouri State has a chance to play upset against Grand Valley this week. 47-17 uh, win over Washtenaw Baptist. Played upset there by a large, large margin. Uh, so that one was uh, yeah. great to see. And I, Grand Valley has, I mean, Northwest Missouri State doesn't have the greatest team that they've had in the past couple years. Obviously, definitely not as good as last year. Uh, but they do have a chance, especially with their defense and, and offensive abilities, to uh, kind of play a little bit of spoiler against the Lakers. So we'll see how that goes. But very excited for this weekend. Fair State's going to roll Pittsburgh, and we're going to move on uh, move on to the championship, the regionals. That would be nice, I would say. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, how both these teams do. And uh, I think with uh, Pittsburgh State, we're going to be watching out for the pass lib. I know I said run earlier, but I meant to say pass. They're pretty, um, they're pretty solid on both ends. To be, they they are. They're definitely to be solid real. both sides. I think Uindy did a great job of being able to limit them rushing. Um, and I think what they did was they countered with the throw a little bit. And I think that's definitely going to be – uh, that's one. That's their strong suit, and the reason that I'm so focused on the run, um, is because especially going into these elements. I mean, we don't know what the weather's going to be like. It's supposed to be pretty nice. It's supposed yeah. to be a high of 45, sunny. So it'll be kind of it'll be pretty even playing ground. Yeah. So you I, know what that means? Air attack by the Bulldogs. Air attack. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be very interesting to see. I'm I really think that the running game, as much as much as they're good at passing, I think it's going to come down to the running game because. I think if you're Pittsburgh State in this situation, you know that this pass rush is going to come after you constantly, right? Caleb Murphy, who's now a Harlan Hill nominee, Ayo. coming at you as long as Lareola Depot, uh, Ian Hall, and Jordan Jones are going to be coming at you all night. And the defensive secondary has improved. So going into that mindset, if I was Pittsburgh State, I don't know if I would want to be throwing the ball the whole time against this team. So I think it's going to come down to the run. And I think it's going to be interesting to see if Pittsburgh State still gets, if they try to stay with their identity and throw the ball, or if it, they're going to try to run it. I think they're going to have to try to run it uh, and see if they can get some success like they've had in a couple games this year uh, mm-hmm. on, on the, with the run. So I'm going to be very interested to see how that goes. Uh, but, I mean, it's certainly going to be very interesting um, to see how that all comes about. And uh, I think it's just going to be one of those games where it's going to be a chess match. Who's going to win it in the end? <laughs> Who knows? Mm-hmm. And their quarterback, Chad Do- Chad Dodson, he's a guy who you definitely got to watch out for, nearing 3,000 yards in the air. And then their running backs, uh, Caleb Lewis and Cleo Chandler, both some guys who can do some damage. Uh, Caleb Lewis got to watch out for almost 1,000 yards for him uh, on the ground. So it's going to be a very interesting game. Cannot wait. Very excited to work it. Are you working there, Brandon? I will be there. Hey, look at us. Game producing. Yes, yes. sir. I think we'll probably be the only interns there. Probably yes. Thanksgiving, baby. We Thanksgiving, only live baby. Like Thirty minutes away. We're still getting the job done, and hopefully, knock on that door, Joe. We get a W this weekend and move on, because I'll tell you what. And whoever we play next week is gonna be a Lover's fun be game. The crap part, I won't be that. If we win this week, I won't be at the next one. Yeah, I might also not be. I'll at be the in next Las one. Vegas. You'll be in Vegas. I'll be in Detroit. I'm gonna shoot, ho- man. If the game is at one o'clock. And it's at Allendale, theoretically, if Grand Valley wins this game. I'll be able to probably make it for half before I drive down the rest of the way. Uh, But it'll certainly be interesting to see how it all comes about. We wish the football team 
best of luck. You guys are killing it. Keep it rolling against the Gorillas. And hopefully we'll see you in a rematch at Lubbers next week. If not, a home battle with the Bearcats once again. Both matchups I certainly would love to see either way. But anyway, moving over now. Cross country has concluded over in Kenosha. Freezing weekend, if I can say so myself. I believe when the gun went off that the temperature was hovering between 15 and 17 degrees actual. Uh, wind chill of about 4 to 6 degrees. It was cold. But it wasn't as cold as soccer had, so because they had a negative wind chill on their Friday game uh, against looks. Grand Valley, so unfortunate for their part. But uh, really good results all the way around. Uh, I know on the men's side, didn't do as well as we had anticipated. Uh, finished 16th. We were hoping for a top 15, even top 12 uh, on a really, really good day. Uh, but we still put up a really good performance all the way around. A lot of PRs on, I mean, running your, your best 10K time. Uh, on a, a lot of these just brutally cold, brutally hilly courses, I think shows uh, how much better this team has gotten. Uh, finishing 16th, certainly not too shabby. Donis led the way, uh, 32-41, 58th overall. Noah Griffith, 78th. Myself, Dan Hardesty, 107-108 respectively with PRs, uh, as well as Kevin Wilson uh, in 5th with a 33-48 overall time. Uh, can Brendan Kearney right behind him. Uh, 122nd, as well as Ethan Hamilton wrapping up the top seven uh, on the men's side. The women's side had a really strong performance as well, finishing ninth uh, in the entire field. A really good performance for them, being finishing top ten in the in the Midwest. And this team was certainly uh, on that radar for quite a bit of time. They actually squeaked in for a couple weeks there in the middle of the season. They showed it here the rest of the way. Danae Feldsposh finished 39th on the women's side, 22:47 time, as well as Hannah Brock, 42nd, Whitney Farrell, 45th, uh, respectively, for the Bulldogs. Melina Strauss, 58th, and Sydney Kubiak, 69th, uh, all under 23:15, mind you. That's a really fast time on that course. Uh, Jessica Durkee and Daisy England rounded out uh, the field for the Bulldogs at 6-7 and seven, uh, for their performances over the weekend. It was really cold. The course was really cool for me. I know I really enjoyed uh, the layout of that course. I would love to run it when it's actually like actually warm and you know not our Antarctica type of vibe. But you yeah, know, where you're struggling on the old, uh, you're struggling on keeping like the circulation going. So I'll tell you, I will tell you a fun fact of during during the warm up, I had on warm my, up in quotation. Well, yeah, warm up in quotation marks. The more. Uh, asterisk trying to asterisk warm up. Uh, I had my uniform on on the bottom, which had all my bibs and stuff on at first because I was not going to take my hands out of my gloves anytime that morning at all. Then I had a thermal long sleeve, like an Under Armour tight fit on yeah. top, another long sleeve, a whole sweatshirt, and then a whole outer uh, Ferris jacket over top. Drip or drown. And I know some people that had that on and then a coat. It Jeez, was pretty man. much that cold. But you didn't put Vaseline or nothing on you? I actually Kinda, did not, no. But I heard that that helps out. I have heard that like, also helps if out. If you put Vaseline or Tiger Balm on, it'll kind of make it so you, you don't get like super cold. Right. Like, you still feel it's, it, but it won't be as bad. That's why like a lot of football players wear. Like every time I go down the sideline for football, I only smell Tiger Balm. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a, it reeks of Tiger Balm. Yeah, it does. And I, th- I heard though, sorry, I heard though that when you take it off or like wash it off, you just get super cold. Like, Everything that was like held held out, like it just is, gets cold times ten. Yeah, it yeah. It takes a long time to warm up. Right, right, right. Uh, I I think it's a unique idea. I personally didn't think about doing it because it's like a bath and Vaseline. 
yeah, it, it just doesn't. I don't. I don't like that feeling of anything kind of like stuck on me or whatever. Um, but I heard that it does work, so it would have been interesting to try that I out. It'll give you more speed. I feel like you're you got like glossy finish on you. You like <laughs> more aerodynamic no type deal. <laughs> you're zooming through the air. Yeah, that would be that would be something. Let me I'm tell telling you, you gotta go barefoot and wear Vaseline when you run. That's all you got. That do. is the worst combination you could have <laughs> thought of. <laughs> My God, dude, why do you think? Okay. I'm we're still, not going back to this. We're going we back to it. Oh my because God. here's the thing. Yeah, they got shoes that help you with grip, but here's the thing. You got natural grippers on your feet. What natural grip? Your you feet. Have, your feet. You, no, your no, no, skin no, 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 on no, your no. feet. You're talking the ball of your feet as if you re- traction. God gave us feet, man. That's true. How do you not, how do you not run in feet? That's natural. I feel like that's as natural as you can get. No shoe can replicate that. Okay, I I do have to point out that we don't have a video camera. I just took off my socks and my sandals. Well, yes, I, I am wearing say, sandals. I was it was 22 say, outside. Well, at least we're wearing that's socks. Usually, he, usually he gets the dogs out with the sandals. He just got them toes bare. That's true. I, I'm fine. I'm just what tossing you, that out. Tossing out for what, discussion. What's wrong with that? Tossing out for what's discussion. What's wrong with that? Tell it's, me. What's wrong with that? I don't have anything wrong with it, but maybe our listeners. I'm not saying nothing. I say nothing. You are you started this. You got to finish it. I'm just. It's just what is wrong with me? When you got the dogs out, it's a little weird. Okay. I just wear socks. Okay. I'll That's wear all. socks just for you, Joe. Hey, thanks. I'm man. sorry that I offended you. Anyway, you didn't offend me. It's just I when it's 20 degrees out and you're rocking no socks and sandals. It's just like how do you not? Okay. How there are your is, piggies not freezing? There is reason for today because I right now am starting my last load of wash before I head back home for Thanksgiving and it has my, my socks. La- I'm just bring my laundry home. Okay. I'm See, that's fair. Do I'm doing time. mine before we leave. Before I leave, and I'll just bring my hamper with me. That's just that's why. And no, I, yeah, only have, you, I mean, it makes sense because then so, you don't have to come back and get your sh- clothes and stuff. Right. Exactly. That's, so, what, that's the ah. reason why I'm do, being crazy today. Sorry, uh, I just choked on some. Fun. There's other days where I literally just wear sandals just to annoy Joe, but that's just beyond the point. But anyway, uh, there's no natural grip on your feet when it comes no, to running is. on grass. There is not on Kenosha grass. If either. you're running fast enough, it don't even matter. Put me barefoot, uh, I'll tear that course up live. Uh, definitely. We need a live stream of this immediately. Instagram live, please, at the MVSP. Make sure you follow and subscribe if this event ever we can happens. Get a, speaking of, we can get an Instagram live. If you don't know, or what was I going to say? Me playing hockey, we can get one of the rubber puckies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We should do that, dude. That'd be kind of funny. Absolute athletes. But anyway. Athletes of the show. Great performances all the way around across country in yeah, the let's cold. Let's get back to the first In sports the elements. Sports. Nobody had their dogs out. They were wearing spikes. Don't you worry about it. Well, I'll say if you were, if you had the dogs out in that weather, I mean, you're probably getting frostbite. But. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, best performance, I know, on the men's side since 17. Uh, women's side, I believe, uh, just as well. Um, I think better performances in the last recent memory as well. I can't remember the year off. It's nationals. Yeah, it happens. But much, much better improvement for the program as a whole. And that makes me proud to be a Bulldog for sure. We'll start up indoor after the beginning of the year, so a little bit of off time. Uh, no early bird for anybody, so no early track meet for us. Let's go. Um, with the longer season, of course, I mean, we got to have the time to recover. I mean, we've been running two weeks longer than any other season we've ever had, which doesn't sound like a lot, folks, but it definitely is. Another a whole bit race. Different. Yeah, it's definitely a different vibe, and it was definitely an experience. I will say that. Um, but we'll so, see. yeah, we'll be back. I don't think the schedule has been released as of yet, um, but. Bank on, I believe, the second week of January will right. we begin uh, indoor track. So that'll be fun to see. 
uh, going into the 2023 season. Holy cow, it's almost the new year. Absolutely. Keeping it rolling on this Ferris-centered episode. Hockey, man. Hockey is playing last Let's do that night. hockey. Let's do that hockey. On the ice, team took on Bowling Green. Crazy game, man. Tale of two games. Tale of two Completely games. Completely different games. Friday was not good. We that can just it, we can just leave it at that. Well, it was that's, not good. Honestly, that's a little bit too. That's a little bit too nice. Friday was a dumpster fire. It was. That's what we'll say. Friday was an absolute dumpster. Yeah, fire. Yeah, you said it on me, but yes, that's the same point. It was very bad. Not great. It was bad. Anyway, we're not going to cover that game because forget about it. The real team showed up uh, on Saturday. Four-one win over the Falcons. Uh, the top-ranked Falcons in the standings. Getting three points from them was big. Uh, big night all the way around offensively. Nick Nardiccia started it right off the get-go in the first uh, in the first period, um, as well as Caden Galt, first career goal for him. Congrats, and Blake Evano uh, scored an unassisted goal to make it 3-0. Antonio Venuto added an empty net uh, later in the game to get us the 4-1 win. And I think overall, you looked at the difference of these two games, and defense won locked up really well. Yeah. And they the really offense was able to counter big time. Yeah, that was pretty cool uh, to see. Just kind of the change up. I know Daniels was, you know, pretty angry, especially the the outcome of the first game. Uh, kind of just listening to that post game press conference, you can tell he was just kind of uh, really frustrated with that performance. But to be able to really come back second game, and we sat a lot of our regular starters. They were scratches. Uh, we were able, able to kind of turn on some of our uh, younger guys to be able to play really well and give them a lot more. Uh, a lot more hockey to play and kind of give them a little bit more of a workload. So that was really cool to see. Uh, but I just think, you know, like you said, Brandon, defense really stepped it up. We, sh- we closed out a lot of shots. Uh, penalties, I feel like we could have done a little bit better of cleaning that up. But even when we were on the penalty kill, we played really solid and we were able to kill a lot of those penalties. So uh, all in all, huge, huge split, I would say. Would love to get the sweep, but the split is just as good, especially against a team that's atop the the CCHA standing, which is huge to see, but uh, it's going to be interesting because we got another one coming up uh, this weekend. Yeah, the split after what we saw Friday, that was huge. Yeah, that's big time. Turning it around Also, shout out to Noah Giesbrecht because he made what? He was CCHA goaltender of the week. Shout out. Shout out. And how many how many saves did this man make? How many saves? He made a lot. Let me let me pull it down. I'll, I'll let you find the number. Thirty three saves. There it is. On thirty or thirty two saves on thirty three shots. So lights out. Yeah, look at that. We have two two. We have two extremely talented goaltenders, and it sucks because we have two really solid goaltenders. Yeah. <laughs> so you you can't play two yeah. according to the college hockey rules. But if you could, I mean, we'd be all set. Yeah. I mean, if but there I was mean, two goals a, put on the ice, I mean, that's oh the my gosh, that's the bright so side though, is because when Logan Stein's not having a good game, Giesbrecht comes in and plays really well. I mean, we yeah. saw that on Friday. And vice when, versa. Yeah. When we to when Logan had a little bit of a tough goal, but we put in. Uh, Noah for the third period, no goals were scored there. And then you put in Noah here uh, for this one. There's been times where Noah's kind of fallen short a little bit, tossed Logan in, and it's just where right picking up where they left off. So it's very good to see that we have the depth there at the goaltender position, which is going to be very valuable as time goes on. But I'm looking at this Friday game, and there is some just weird, weird penalties. Bowling Green's goalie got a roughing penalty because he threw a punch. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, there was, I <laughs> believe, a that? fight going on at one point. I yeah, remember that was listening crazy. in a little bit. Um, I'll be honest. I tuned out a little bit after the after the second period, uh, and started going into called, race prep mode. But um, we also yeah. got called like right at the start for delay of game, so we started out on the penalty on kill Saturday. Yeah, and the Saturday. lights went out. Yeah, what was going we had, on, dude? It was <laughs> a shambles. I'm telling you what, Awa Glavin just needs an upgrade. If I'm being honest, there is yeah, lights out, lights right on center ice, and like above the goals, we're yeah. out. 
Like there's like a faulty the wire. Two worst places for the lights yeah. to be faulty out. Faulty wiring or something like that. I, don't I remember have no I idea. told I think I told Blash or something, and I was just like, "Hey, like lights are out. We need to get these back on." Because Harrison was like freaking out about it. He was, yeah. And then uh, we were able to like get it going, but they just like took off the panel and like he this the mechanic or the uh, electrician guy. Cajones on that guy because he was reaching in on a live wiring in like he took the panel off the switch off the switches and just was reaching in there. And I was like, bro, you're going to get what? shocked. He what? did not care. Oh, my gosh. He did not care. He was reaching in there barehanded. And you I was probably like, you a got, family. You got to. Wow. Because the one time when I, he's like, note, one time when I was a he's kid, MVP. one time when I was a kid, I got bored and I took the panel off and I didn't realize that like it was live or whatever. So oh, I like, no, went to go didn't. pull it out because it didn't have any like screw. It had screws on one. So I was going to go pull it out and I went and grabbed it around the side like where it was live and my hand shocked and stuff. And I was like, oh, that didn't feel good. <laughs> yeah, good thing you didn't get like electrocuted. Good thing almost. I didn't die. That yeah, that could have been, been bad. Been Yikes. Anyway, back to hockey. We played much better Saturday uh, than Friday. That was a good resilience shown from our team. We can take one of two from every team. If we can be able to take two, yes, I'm telling sir. you, that could be the difference. Then it starts at Minnesota State next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, not this next upcoming week, but the the following week, the second and the for third. For sure, for sure. Uh, taking on the Mavericks. Um Gonna be a good good matchup. I mean, going I'm, to Mankato. I want to believe that they're not in the top ten at the moment. Uh, they're actually eleven. Let me do or a something quick little like that. look. So NCAA not saying hockey the, rankings. They're still gonna be a really good team, and it's definitely gonna be a tough test for us in Mankato, especially. But I think we can definitely show surprise some people. Minnesota State, according to USCHO.com, so the main one. Um, is 10th right now. 10th, okay. Denver, Minnesota, St. Cloud, Quinnipiac, Michigan, Connecticut, Penn State, Providence, Harvard, Minnesota State. That could be right, yeah. I, I know I saw uh, definitely they were 10 or worse, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, they're wow. Because the they're usually a top five team. Yeah, they're the only CCHA team in the top 25 right now. Really? Yeah. Not even Michigan Tech or Northern? I was probably Bowling Green's not even seen that they're the top of the Nah, team, their record's not that good. Yeah, that's true. The only reason they're really up that high is they play more games. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, but anyway. Interesting. Uh, we'll wish them best against the Mavericks. Go get them, boys. It's going to be a cold one, I'm sure, next yeah, after week. after it. Uh, but definitely going to be fun uh, to see how that finishes out. Anyway, wrapping up the episode in the elongated Ferris State Sports Report. Uh, we had men's basketball in action actually last night, and it will be tonight as this episode's coming out on Wednesday. Uh, win over Great Lakes Christian, 114 to Easy 70. little money right there. Yeah. That so was, dude. Offense was lights out. Offense was lights when out. When they you, were rolling. When they yeah, turned it over. There was, a little, there was a little area in there where they kind of came back within, like, what was it, 10 near the start of the second half, uh, which was a little bit scary, but we were able to pull away pretty easily. Um, yeah, but there was just a lot of uh, turnovers that happened kind of in that little bit of a stretch. But uh, big time, big time performance from Ethan Erickson. Six for nine from three point range. Sniper. Twenty points for the for the man, uh, for number twenty one, and then Delapo Olinka coming in clutch with sixteen points. Ben and Solomon also with fourteen apiece. Five six guys over ten points. Yeah, or with double digits. So yeah. that was huge for the program. That was insane. Yeah, I thought Amari Lee played really well when he came in. He finished, yeah. I believe, with eight five and six. Uh, I thought he was a spark, especially that. That nasty slam he had we on the throwing breakaway. It down, dude. Also, that technical foul rule, I don't know how I feel about that. But bunch of malarkey that was. It's beyond the point. Bunch of malarkey. Yeah, for sure. But I think when you looked at this game as a whole, I thought that Great Lakes Christian did a really good job of throwing different looks at us. Yeah. I thought that was something that they really a big team. Yeah, they threw a couple zones at us. They they really did a good job of mixing it up a little bit. 
Um, and I think our team responded really well. They have 17 guys on their team. They do, yeah, and they played almost all of them, I want to say, by the end of the game. So uh, definitely made it fun down doing substitutions at the table. That was yeah, certainly that's, interesting. That's been a blast. Um, but free throw line, we did very, very well. I wanted to point that out. 21 of 23, that's going to get the job done. Uh, Three-point percentage, 53.6. Give me a break, yeah, guys. To don't it. don't, don't shoot it, it as well. I'm just kidding. Please shoot it that well. But it just makes other teams look bad. Uh, 53 boards. Uh, 32 assists. Did have 18 turnovers. That was really the only knock, as mentioned. Just, yeah, that's just the only cleanup um, you really got to make. But really, I mean, offensive rebounding, second chance opportunities was huge. And I mean, being able to get the rebound majority by a margin, no second po- chance points allowed, by the way. That entire night, Crusaders did not score a second chance. Crazy. That speaks volumes right there. Um, 56 bench points. I mean, it was really just, it was a fantastic part. Uh, of how this team played. A little bit of a sluggish start, but once they got back into the groove, like we've seen it always, this team can they be were so, so rolling, good. Rolling. And we got uh, Ashland tonight, which is going to be a good game. They beat, who was it? Uh, East West East West University. University is the you name of Bishop the school. Bishop Sycamore is basically who they had to play. <laughs> that was something else. I've glorified uh, rec team. They literally went to LA Fitness to go get these guys. I have no idea. So I would have no idea what, East West University was when I heard that this was uh, one of our scheduled opponents at this tournament. It's a school in downtown Chicago. It's in like the it's in like the South Loop uh, building structure, and I believe they have a building there, and that's where the college is. And is I like a, you. I'm literally like I'm try- looking at it too. It's I'm trying a- to look up. I was literally trying to look up information, and I was like, I can't find their athletic director. I cannot find a lot of these other things. Um, and I believe the only they have a seven percent graduation rate, seven, like seven, 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 like zero seven. Yeah, the number what? between is it like a hard school to get into? I don't think so. What's their acceptance rate? I wonder. Well, this has gone off the rails. I, how, I that's what I'm saying. I feel like this is Bishop Sycamore. Is what it is. Yeah, I mean they nicknamed their team the their their team nicknames the Phantoms. So maybe they just I think they just have a exist. basketball team. That's the only one. That's the only sport I found was basketball. They literally, dude, go on. They only have that. Go to the little like. Are you on their website? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> this is we've gone off dude, the rails for this. Okay, episode. look at this though. Go to Student Life and yes. Phantoms basketball. Yeah, I click. Look on at it. their team picture. They play in a rec center. Is what it is. Yeah. It's it's literally the the court the gym is the size of the court. There's no stands in there. Yeah, that is that is so weird. That anyway, is crazy. They actually gave a little bit of fits against uh, Ashland in that second game when I was uh, watching part of that game. Um, so that was very interesting to see um, how that game kind of went about. But uh, it was definitely a very interesting game. No fans in the stands, a neutral site. Well, I mean, Ashton, I think, brought a couple fans. Uh, Great Lakes Christian had none. Uh, but Or not, excuse me, uh, East West had none, yeah. Um, Great Lakes Christian had quite a few fans yeah. there. Well, they're from, uh, they're make, in Grand- or where are they from? They're from Lansing, so Lansing, it, yeah. makes, it makes sense. But uh, it was very interesting how that game kind of went because it was kind of dead um, overall, and it was just kind of felt like a scrimmage more than an actual game, but... Uh, Ashton got the job done. They have a presence inside, and they really look inside a lot. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Bayes, how uh, Clowerbaum, how those big guys are going to be able to counter that. Delapa, we've been in that mix. 
um, to see how they counter and how they play tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you can find all that out at FairStateBulldogs.com after the fact for stats and more. And we'll be sure to cover that uh, on next week's episodes. We've got some couple banger interviews, by the way. So you want to make sure that you subscribe docket. on any platform that you are on. Um, but yeah, coming off good win at home, especially after two big wins last week, beating Minnesota Duluth, a rank squad, as well as Northern State. Those are two really good quality wins for us. Um, so I think that's really uh, a positive thing to see. Uh, and definitely going to be fun to see how this team plays against Ashland tonight. And really looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season goes. Yeah, it's going to be sick. I was trying to just look at the uh, like the rankings for D2, but... Oh yeah, Minnesota like Minnesota lose fourteenth. Yeah. They're a good team. I'm surprised Ashland's not up there. Ashland, I don't think they've I think they're right now at a losing record, if I'm not mistaken. They've yeah. had, they've played a couple good teams so far, uh, the start of the season. They're a really fundamentally solid team though. Mm-hmm. I think like just watching them last night, uh I mean they played Cincinnati, uh, I believe I wanna say uh last year. Uh, I think in their in their opener and they played them really tough and I think they brought a lot of those guys back. So they've played Illinois Springfield and Parkside um, to start the season. Lost in uh, I believe lost in uh, just under uh, ten for each of those games. Or I should say Springfield was thirteen. Yeah, uh, thirteen and eight they lost those games, but they ended up uh, beating Gannon in their home opener. Um, and then they're traveling here obviously to play us uh, tonight. So uh, it'll be very interesting. And then they'll go right into GMAC play. Um, I think they also play Wayne State at the end of the year. So by the by the time we get kind of back to uh, uh, towards the end of the season, we'll start to see kind of a comparison to see how good they are. But mm-hmm. uh, they were a good team. Pretty they were a pretty good team last year. I believe they finished with a record um, over the the over the whole season of eighteen and ten, um, fourteen and six in GMAC play. Um, so going to be very interesting to see how they play tonight. Going to see how they counter the inside presence of Ashland and uh, see how that game goes for Coach Bronkman's squad because they're playing really good right now. Yeah, I'm very excited. For it's sure. It's going to be pretty cool, and I think the team's going to be doing really good. Saw a lot of good things with ball movement-wise. I was really solid to see. Uh, Transition-wise, we were really uh, really fluid, which was really cool, and we were able to really get the energy up with a lot of uh, slam dunks, which I love to see because those are one of the best things in basketball. Slam dunk. Slam dunks. I think there's Woo! like, what, six? Raise the roof. Six or, I think there's like six. There had time. to have been a there's lot. There's like six or seven because – Nathan Clarabout got one. Delapo got two. Amari got one. I think Vayas got two or one or two. I know Vayas got one. Uh, Amari's had Amari had one. I don't actually think Vayas had one. You think so? Clarabout might have had two. I think. I know Clarabout had one. Yeah. I thought. I think he had two. Cause, Cause he had like a, a nasty slam, and then he had one where he just stuffed it. Oh yeah, under and the basket. And it was what? Filippo uh, had yeah, almost. Filippo had. had almost two in a row, but they ruled the second one off for a questionable travel. That was the second oh, one that yeah, they I waved off. That. So that would have been the other. The one. cool so part was Brandon, Brandon or Brandon Clairbaugh almost lobbed Nathan, which was would have been. Sick. I like saw that. I was like, oh my gosh, please throw that brother down. Brother he was just outside so the out outside the slam radius. So he had to lay it in. A little bit of a misstep too, but still. That's going to be cool. I guarantee that's going to happen one of these times. Oh, it's got to happen. For the fam, that would be so cool. For uh, the culture. Yeah. Finishing it out over the women's side, boy, they're on a hot streak. Ohio Dominican, Cedarville, Northwood, Springfield, all dubs so far. Play Grace Christian on Saturday. Uh, that game at 7 o'clock at home. Yours truly will be there on the microphone, I believe. Hey-o. Oh, boy. I don't know how I got roped into that. Uh, but it's going to be fun. Um, but they've offensively played fantastic. I mean, this team is looking spectacular. 
uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I mean, 50% three-point shooting at Illinois Springfield. Uh, they shot 45 against Northwood. But being able to win the inside presence, especially the offensive rebounding, uh, I thought was absolutely crucial in that Springfield game. Getting those second-chance opportunities really uh, sparked that team offensively. Uh, and I think they're they're really playing really solid basketball. Northwood, we got a little carried away, a couple too many turnovers, but then we really kind of got it back down. Uh, right now averaging about 11 per game uh, outside of that Northwood game. So that's kind of where I think you'd rather want to be than the, the 24 mark, obviously. Um, but, I mean, the team offensively, inside, outside, looks really deep. And I think that's a really positive thing for this team um, so far. And, I mean, especially uh, from that Springfield game, I mean, you can look at the you can look at the stat sheet and just see how much uh, deep this team really is. I mean, every starter was in double figures. Uh, Mia Riley had ten off the bench as well. Uh, I I mean, offensively they've got so much firepower um, that can really make this team deadly. So uh, I mean, Mallory had twenty. Chloe had eighteen and ten double double for her. Uh, Kenzie Bauer sixteen. Deshaun Day ten. Uh, Elwin Irwin at ten as well. Uh, still, I'm not quite sure where Caden Blanchard is. I'm not sure if she's injured right now uh, and if there's a potential timetable for that. Um, but, I mean, even without, this team has is so deep, just like we mentioned last week, Joe. I mean, they're getting the job done even without her. With absences, it doesn't really matter, especially when your starting five is all dropping double digits and Mallory McCartney and Kenzie Bowers and Chloe Adoni are almost at 20, so... I think we're going to be doing pretty solid. Hopefully, our uh, Caden makes a return, and we can see her against Grand Valley, which is going to be pretty sick, and especially against Grace Christian this Saturday. Uh, but it's going to be a pretty fun weekend for Fair State sports all around. <clears throat> Postseason is going on. New seasons are starting. It's the best time uh, to be a Fair State Bulldog, and especially we're in for athletics. This is always a good time. Absolutely. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in. Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll see you back next week uh, for more banger content. But until then, take care, everybody. 